1: From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well hello, this is the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I'm Juliette Sally. Yeah, and I'm Daniela Kuye. So what have we seen on the markets? It's really these geopolitical tensions once again, Danny, seeing the markets a little lower. So let's have a look at how we are finishing out the day on the SIBO 200
2: index off by
1: five points or about four-tenths of one percent and near the lows of the day there.
2: Absolutely. Pretty lackluster to say the least. But we didn't have a strong lead from Wall Street. So Hardly surprising, was it, Jules? No, indeed. And Asian markets, there was, I think, a sea of red today. Japan's off 2%. So, really, Australia not doing too badly. No, indeed. And China, worth noting as well, keeping its MLF
1: unchanged. Um, Let's talk about some of the the key moves. I mean, we talked about risk off there, but Albemarle, this was... Maybe fascinating, maybe kind of almost were we waiting for this because we kept seeing Hancock prospecting increase, increase, increase at stake and then Gina Reinhart's company got to that 19.9% where it would have to
2: trigger a a full takeover. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Albemile is feeling like, you know, its fingers just got chopped off and they're probably just a little bit frustrated as are a few, you know, corporate bankers over this. But we're going to have to wait and see how this plays out because it's one thing to be Antagonistic mm. chatting to Adam Dawes today saying that you know she was being antagonistic, but is there more to come from yeah. her? Or, I or think did you just really want
1: to stop Albemarle? But you've got to think as well about like why in town, yeah. now that thought it was going to get 6.6 6
2: billion I know, dollars, and it's got to and raise all this money for its yeah. Kathleen project. So it is, um, I you know, whether it's a good look for Australia, I'm not too sure. But, you know, there is potential for um, maybe more consolidation in the lithium space, particularly if we do see more share price weakness off the back of lower lithium prices. Yeah,
1: so worth noting, Liontown, of course, in a a trading halt on the back Mm. of that. Uh, We mentioned the risk of, um, I mean, it's really, really difficult when you wake up again to see these horrifying pictures (laughs) coming out of of the... um, Sorry, yeah, I'm Mm. talking about uh, what we're seeing in the Middle East and then you've got that continuing movement in terms of, the gold price, the dollar, all those moves we see yeah. when you've got a war at play.
2: Um, US earnings, though, in focus too. Yeah, this would be really interesting. I was telling you, I was listening to um, a uh, podcast over the weekend. A lot of the earnings have been downgraded in the run-up to the earnings season. So um, really the companies that it we're going to miss have probably already flagged it. So, mm. you know, it, it mightn't be too bad, but it could be a case of the macro overriding mm. the actual numbers. Do you know what I mean? Because we've had some good numbers. Pepsi had good numbers, JP Morgan had good numbers, but you're not seeing the corresponding reaction in the share price.
1: I read a really interesting piece too about um, the fact that consumer discretionary stocks are meant to be the best performing for the quarter. Mm-hmm. So if that's, that's telling interesting. you anything consumer about exactly I mean it's oh. coming off a very low base, wow. but if that's telling you that if people really did think a recession was coming, they wouldn't be spending. Correct. So I thought that was a really interesting interesting take on it all. Okay, let's have a look at um, some of the sectors in the space. Energy was a standout today, as you would expect, with Absolutely. that big jump coming through in crude. So we've got Woodside finishing higher by more than 1%. Beach Energy there up by about 2%. Healthcare, um, an interesting one again today. So
2: CSL off. Yeah, CSL. Well, I... Yeah. They had that shareholder... Um, Abs- or, What was it, Investor Day or something? Yes, it's an Investor Day. They do have a specific title, Capital Day or something. But um, I think we can take some good news away from the fact that you did see some buying in ResMed. I think that came in from overseas also in Fisher and Paykel. But um, otherwise, uh, Tealix Pharmaceuticals looked like it took the full brunt of the selling and healthcare stocks down of 4.3%.
1: Yeah, let's have a look at um, travel as well, because uh, Qantas, which is actually not making it onto our travel page, but it's, uh, of course, had some more changes. Olivia Wirth, the head of the loyalty program, leaving. And we also had overseas arrival and departure figures today from the ABS. Um, I was talking earlier to one guest who really likes, from and Partners, Philip Pepe, Mm -hmm. really likes Hello World in the travel space. And he was saying, you know, like we're well off getting back to those 2019 travel um, levels, but everybody, and I can attest to this, you know, I took an eight month sabbatical before you traveled out. Well, no, no, what, what he was saying was that people are going to continue to travel after. The pandemic because right. even if you think oh gosh you know my mortgage rate is mm-hmm. increasing or whatever you're going to put away that money you may not buy that new dress that you want but mm-hmm. you will try and put away that money to travel because we feel hard done by after those last couple of years oh that's
2: interesting mm. so the travel mania will continue all right now uh, interesting to see australia's e-safety commission has fined elon musk's social media platform x 600 and- for not cooperating with an inquiry into anti-child abuse practices. The Commission said X failed to respond to questions, including how long it took to respond to reports of child abuse material on the platform and the methods it used to detect it.
1: And most recently, the EU said it was investigating X for potential violation of its new tech rules after the platform was accused of failing to rein in disinformation in relation to Hamas's attack on Israel. X told the regulator available anti-grooming technology was not sufficient capability or accuracy to be deployed on Twitter. Meanwhile, Alphabet's Google also received a warning for its generic response regarding child abuse content handling.
2: I find that... All incredibly sad mm-hmm. when I heard the news today. But anyway, that's just uh, m- me going over the top with my opinion, which <laughs> I'm not meant to do. So <laughs> let's move ahead. Lithium producer Liontown Resources, we were chatting about this before. They're now in a trading halt because a US mile has pulled the pin on its $6.6 billion buyout, citing concerns around the complexities of the transaction. Liontown last week granted the world's biggest lithium chemical maker an extension to examine its books and an Abomal to put forward a binding
1: offer. Yes, and the deal was dropped, as we mentioned, after Hancock Prospecting, which is that firm controlled by Australia's richest person, Gina Reinhart, bought 19.9% of Liontown over the past few weeks and that stake would likely have been enough to block the Albemarle bid. Liontown went into a trading halt just before making the announcement to the market pending a finalisation of funding around the Kathleen Valley Lithium Project.
2: And the stock of the day was a Liontown Resources. So let's check in. In and see what our two guests had to say on the call today
0: so I would say that um, I am a little bit surprised yeah. Um, but if it gets sold off aggressively, it's probably good value from a risk-reward perspective. But the whole lithium space has been struggling to get the traction that everyone was expecting. It's been very, very volatile. Yeah. It's a chemical process. You're not digging. I think I said this to you last time I was on the show. You're not mm-hmm. digging iron ore out the ground in a very predictable fashion. You, um, yeah, you move out of some of the stock once they reopen, but depending upon what that share price does, But if you're a long term, um, it's still a a very good asset and obviously both um, Hancock Prospecting and Albemarle have been interested in the the long term um, viability of the project, so uh, could well continue to to do well.
2: Okay, and let's move on to our guest for the COB. And Fraser McLeod from Asuron Partners is joining us now. Fraser, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon.
0: Good afternoon, thank you.
2: Okay, retail sector. Really interesting in the US that a lot of quote unquote sort of stocks that weren't meant to be impacted, they're meant to be defensives, have been impacted Mm. by GLP ones. Um, You know, even Walmart made mention of it. But let's focus in on our retail sector. Um, Woolies and Coles haven't necessarily been the defensive picks that, you know, we all learnt as our playbook for investors. How are you seeing it at the moment?
0: I I think that's a good roundup. Um, You know, we we can take a lead from overseas, and um, you know, a lot of what's been happening in the US or perhaps the UK market or in Europe um, that has this translation effect um, into. Um, the the mainstay of uh, the retail environment here. It's uh, it's very much of a mixed bag for the consumer. And, and you're right in terms of you know stocks like Hello World. It's uh, the reason the consumer um, who chases uh, Hello World's products is, is doing really well is because um, well that's the the older generation baby boomers. You know they, mm. they see increased um, income coming through the bank balances. They've got uh, great equity portfolios. Um, you know many of our clients. You know they, they are of course at that, that age. Uh, whereas those who are in their 20s and 30s, and um, perhaps uh, you know into their 40s as well, um, who are straddled with a lot of debt, uh, those are the households that are really having to start to to make some some uh, some tough choices, especially around uh, the uh, the more discretionary retail spend. Um, and even within the, the non discretionary, um, you know where they're going to spend that money. What we are seeing is a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are are moving to to lower quality products. Um, so yeah, it's very much of a mixed bag within retail um, for Woolworths. And uh, and coals, and we would certainly be much more favourable on Woolworths and paying that extra PE premium, and that's just simply from the fact that uh, the Woolworths do everything better than coals. Um, so uh, you're, you're better off in, uh, in more uncertain times for the consumer um, to um, to be. Paying for the, the quality, um, and, and I suppose look, you know, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of an underhand, um, you know, a, a, a slap towards Coles, but um, the, there's a reason why the, the thieves um, are, are are queuing up outside Coles <laughs> and, and, and not and not going to bullies, and, and that's because it's easier to steal from Coles. It's actually easier to take their money. Yeah. um whereas you know Woolworths have invested for many many years much better tech um and um and now that you know that unfortunately that's that's coming home to roost um for for coal so you know coals probably structurally in 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 a bit more trouble um need to spend an awful lot of money at a time when, when costs are still high uh and the, the good news for the for the consumer and ultimately for for many of these Mainstay retailers, especially supermarkets is that finally we're starting to see the uh the inflation figures around um food especially start to um to, to come down a bit so yeah. you know um, uh, the household bills on, on terms of food are not going to be skyrocketing again over the next 12 months as they had over the last.
1: Yeah, Fraser, when you talk about the, the theft piece, I'm I'm not going to name names, but somebody I was overhearing. It's de- definitely not Danny. No one no one of course that that we know from Ozbeers, but um, someone was telling me that they got a really nice steak by putting through a brown onion. Oh yeah, on that's the, it's, it's the
2: brown <laughs> onion tree. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like pushing well, up the brown it, onion
1: yeah. on the on the thing. So it,
0: yeah, it, it, this is true. The, the, the true answer here is it—it's it, not people are uh, stealing brown or, onions for uh, for steak. Um, it's. Um... <laughs> It's uh, it's more to do with organised crime. So you know, like they, uh, yeah. they just simply overwhelm the local security. Your know, whole teams of um of, of pretty savvy um uh, criminals uh, effectively do raids on supermarkets. And then there is this black market nowadays of uh, of uh, of uh, onions and steaks, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose, but um, <laughs> yeah. uh, they, they, The the point is, look, the 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 thieves go where they can steal, and uh, and that's just indicative of the of the the, the business and uh, and how well you know management has protected the business from the decisions that they made many years ago so if your choice is between buying woolworths on 24 times or coles on 19 times Mm. um, well go where the thieves do not
1: all right let's talk about treasury wine estates in my in my previous life i had the Terrible job of going to Shanghai for the launch of Penfolds Grange for TWE. Um, Horrible. It was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was so terrible awful. drinking Penfolds to with you. all the, the movers and shakers of Shanghai. But you know, this is really interesting in terms of the, the momentum and what we're seeing with the trade relationship here, too. So, so tell us your take, Fraser.
0: Well, Ed, first of all, none of us have the clear picture in terms of what's going to happen here. You know, ultimately, this is uh, this is you know uh, a closed-off, um, uh, high-stakes politics that uh, that is playing out. You, from the feedback that we're getting over the past few months or so, you would think that um, that uh, Australia is warming and the Chinese are warming to uh, to a. Uh, uh, a, a bit more harmonious relationship in the future, whether you know there's there's not um, just simply uh, Australian uh, products are are not uh, just taxed uh, beyond uh, beyond belief and, uh, and effectively closed out of uh, of Australia. Uh, that will would be good news for Treasury Wine Estates, but uh, I think it's easy to fall into the trap of of saying well you know China is almost this derivative trade on on Chinese Australian politics uh, resuming a more normalised path. Um, I'd be because they, 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 that won't necessarily change into immediate earnings benefit um, you know these, these you can't just suddenly turn on the production line and uh, and produce more penfolds grange it simply doesn't work that way uh, penfolds will be very careful not to make sure even if they were to be suddenly opened up to to china penfolds will be very careful not to make sure sh- or to make sure that there that there's not a sudden price spike that would be bad for business as well and almost in a way um, for the they they also need to make sure that whilst their their customers in the us and in in Europe um, that they have been fed adequate volume. What they are not wishing to see happen is that, uh, that is that a lot of volume had been going maybe over the past few months or past year towards um, customers in Europe or in North America, and then there would be a secondary market would start up of um, once the, uh, the the Chinese um, are bidding again for for Penthole's grange or a lot of Penfold's products or, or treasury wine estate uh, sweet products that. Um, uh, that then, you know, effectively Treasury Wine starts to to lose control of how they're, how they're, um, their um their products are priced. So it, it's even if it's good news, uh, it'll probably be an ease in, and there will not be an immediate benefit. So we, we might get a kick out of the share price, but um, it's just uh, I think it's just too hard to call. To be honest, it's too hard to be able to put a a very you know binary bet outcome on uh, on that stock event. Um, so not a big fan of these um you know event trades. Um, uh, if we we don't have much of an edge uh, to be able to call.
2: Okay, and just really uh, briefly, circle back to um, some of these retailers. Is Weszy's in a better position over Harvey Norman and Super Retail due to that conglomerate style of earnings that they have?
0: Yes, uh, yes. I mean, you, West West as a conglomerate, you know, they're, they're no longer the, uh, the the sort of old um, retailer that uh, that many of us would have bought the stock for a few years ago. So you you would say that um, Bunnings. Uh, which is much more diversified business. You're know, not just selling, you know, hammers and nails anymore. Um, uh, they they do have, um, it's a it's a safer business and a more diverse business um, because of it. So um, that is more resilient. Um, you would also say that, um, that the likes of Kmart um, is going to be a beneficiary with the large, maybe not majority, but the large proportion of the population of households in Australia that are having forced to trade down. Um, So they should be the beneficiary of that. Um, What we are seeing as well is is um, uh, businesses like Aldi have been eating into market share, and they they have a level of growth overseas, which is probably happening here as well. That has been significantly stronger than maybe some of the the, the slightly higher quality retailers that that that, um, that uh, consumers are, are trading down into. So, um, because West Farmers would be the trading down beneficiary, and because they're better protected from from having Bunnings you would prefer those as a, as an investment play over the course of the next year, year and a half than some of the more just simply exposed um, discretionary retailers. You know, the, the likes of um say Harvey Norman is maybe worst there, um, because you know, Harvey Norman just has that um rising costs and um and you know a shocking situation in that they're 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 at a discount to the, the rest of the market from a valuation point of view, but it's probably a bit of a valuation track.
1: Mm. All right. Fraser, thanks so much. Fraser McLeod there from Shore & Partners.
2: Okay, let's check in with the leaders and the laggards of today's trade. Oh, there we go. Regis Resources, West African Resources, Perseus Mining, Silver Lake Resources and Ramelius. Did somebody say gold? Somebody did say gold (laughs) on that safe haven (laughs) buying. All
1: right, let's have a look at the laggards. Um, We saw Fletcher building off eight. That's coming out of a trading halt I just saw. Fletcher Building? Yes. So I'll
2: have a quick check. All right, you check that while I
1: run through the others. Reliance Worldwide finished down almost 5%. Megaport was down 4.6%. Deluxe Pharmaceuticals was off by 4.3%. And Block, of course, the Australian listed shares, they were down 4.1%. Did we find out about Fletcher? No, I'm
2: still... faffing around here all right. trying to find well, let's find quickly us. look about the
1: small cap uh, leaders and laggards. Stacey and Gold, speaking of gold, Spartan Resources, Helios Energy, Catalyst Metals and 88 Energy. So all gold and energy stocks, as you would expect. They were the only two sectors, energy and materials, that finished higher today. And when it comes to the laggards in the small cap space... We saw Bowen Coal down 13%, Playside Studios was down 9.5%, Fluence off 9%, and 40S Memory
2: was down by 8.9%. Um, and it looks as though um, Fletcher Building has dismissed BGC claims and provides detailed updates on um, basically they had plumbing failures uh, confined to Perth. So uh, I think that is the only thing that I can find yeah, at this just point seen it in time. Spot from the West Australia and the headline writers have been having fun Fletcher
1: building shares down the tube amid flood of BGC plumbing issues so there you go a burst pipe blow up they say with the big builder BGC All right, let's have a look at what's happening overnight. And not much, Apuva and I, the the producer, had to scratch around for this. There wasn't really anything at all. The US Empire State Manufacturing Index, so a bit of a a quiet start to the trading week. Uh, But when it comes to what we're looking out for tomorrow, uh, there's quite a bit, Danny.
2: Wow, RBA meeting minutes. And we also have the New Zealand third quarter CPI, and ours will be coming up on uh, October the 25th, I believe. And then looking to tomorrow, uh, early afternoon. Well, afternoon, early evening, Eurozone, ZEW Business Confidence for October, UK Unemployment for August and UK Housing Market Sentiment, Industrial Production and Retail Sales. And they are having a tough time over there. All right. Uh,
1: so let's have a quick look as we've rounded out the day's trade as to where we have finished up, and it was a negative day, down four tenths of one percent on the SIBO 200 index. We now have the close as well in terms of what we saw on the S P ASX 200, which was down 25 points, or 0.4 of one percent, at 6,972. Oh, that's the ASX 300. Excuse no, me. No, it's, it's actually yeah, yeah, seven thousand and twenty-six. Down, exactly. down Twenty-four points, or 0.4 of one percent. Excuse me. I need to get reading glasses. <laughs> At that age, Danny, where you can't see things
2: without glasses now. (laughs) Fun. Well, I just cheat. I wear contact lenses. (laughs) Anyway, well, that is it for us today. But check out all the great interviews that we have up on the website. And we will be with you bright and early tomorrow morning with everything that's going on in markets and lots of great guests lined up. Indeed. We'll see you then.